Our theme music is Spasmatica Polka by Kevin McLeod, and uh, that's the end of our show. Man, do you remember when we started this episode? It feels like so long ago. Yeah, what did we sound like back then? Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we watch and rewatch the 90s animated series Reboot. I'm Jessica, and I've been a fan for a long time. I'm Ben, and I'm watching this for the first time. Each week, we'll take an episode, dissect it, inject some trivia, and try to find our frostiest moments. This week, we're finally back home in Megaframe? Reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> so, how's your week, Ben? Ben? My week has been decent. Just been uh, made up of editing this show and uh, went to a science museum with some nephews for a birthday party. That's pretty fun. Awesome. How about you? Um, I got to go to a birthday and a wedding. My incredibly busy fall continues. (laughs) (laughs) But it was super nice. The wedding was very cute. It was at the Sketchbook Library in Brooklyn. And you can do this cool thing where you can buy a sketchbook from them, like for 20 bucks or whatever. You fill it up. And you send it back in, and it resides in this library, which like goes on tour places. People come in, they look around. The, the sketchbooks there were so interesting and cool. Um, and they have like certain themed like projects that they go for and stuff. It's really interesting. If you're in Brooklyn at any point, I would definitely go check it out. All right. So what say we jump into this episode? Let's go. Today we're doing Season 3, Episode 13, Megaframe. It first aired on January 3rd, 1998. It was written by Catherine Lawrence. The stories by Gavin Blair, Catherine Lawrence, Phil Mitchell, and Ian Pearson. And we open up with a tear over mainframe turning into a portal to the web. Before we actually get into the plot, I wanted to point out the last one, Mousetrap, was actually the last one that aired in the UK. We found out from a uh, listener said that like he had to wait nine years until YouTube was invented before he found out how the series ended. <laughs> oh, wow. Those poor people in the UK. So the air date for the last episode was in November. Right. It was like a jump in time here. Yeah. And this one's all the way in January. So even if you were in the US, you're still looking at months in between episodes in the middle of like a huge kind of cliffhanger too. Like they're headed back to mainframe. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, well... We'll just kind of hang out here in the portal for a few months <laughs> while they finish the animation. <laughs> uh, finally, though, the portal does manage to poop out the uh, mare as our heroes get their first look at mainframe. I love that bit right up front with like the tube kind of like shoving them out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and even before that, the new intro was hype. The new intro is very hype. I actually got like tingly in my skull. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you tingly because you got to see the characters that you've missed or just what was happening well i was happy i saw like you know dots back and she had like her narration and like i definitely saw bruce campbell again in the opening shots were they just reusing footage (laughs) or does he come back well if i told you then the whole premise of the show would be just (laughs) but no i'm I'm, like fully on board just from there like just seeing dot again and like the goofy binomes being goofy made me happy (laughs) i do love that dot gets to say the intro yeah. Like, that filled, I was just like, oh, now it's her turn. She gets to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like that. 
yeah, so we are in uh, what we learn is now Megaframe, and it's in ruins, and things are really crappy. They're on fire. Some dour music to accentuate the mood. No one's happy. Every sector has been destroyed. Enzo's worried about Dot, but Bob has faith that she found a way to survive since she's a Matrix, and besides, he watched the intro and heard her narration. <laughs> Enzo is threatening revenge on Megabyte, but Bob's like, he's probably skipped town by now. Are you kidding me? Andrea decides that she's going to sit this episode out just so that there's not too much estrogen on screen at one time. <laughs> I'm needed below decks. Like, we only have room for so much emotional, like, reunion here. I'm just going to stay here. You guys take care of it. I mean, she spent the last couple of episodes asleep, so it's like, this is like her third line of dialogue in as many episodes. <laughs> yeah, it is a little disappointing that she doesn't get as much to do here. Like, I'm wondering why they didn't bring her along. Like, she could have been useful. Hell, even Frisket could have sniffed Dot out, but, like, they left him on the boat, too. <laughs> I mean, I didn't necessarily miss her this episode because there was a lot going on. Oh, this was packed, so, this episode. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot in this episode. So it took me, like, coming back around again to be like, oh, right, Andrea. She wasn't in this. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of reprise her later on. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Bob and Enzo break out these wooden hoverboards, which threw me for a loop. <laughs> kind of reminded me of uh, Gilligan's Island, how they make everything out of coconuts. Right. I thought that kind of that was weird, too. I was like, oh, they must be like the ship hoverboards, I guess. <laughs> we never saw those before. <laughs> Powered by planks. And uh, they start to explore what was once Megabyte Sector. Uh, you see Bob heal a tear with his new powers, uh, and Enzo triggers our first flashback. Hex must have gotten free. I'll bet she was pretty mad. I want to say the art direction in this episode was pretty fantastic. Like, they didn't just put scorch marks on everything. They full-on destroyed the sector. Oh, yeah. It, like You see, like, the rebarb, and, like... The tour is in half. Yeah, it is in half. <laughs> it really looks good. It looks devastated. And in our flashback, we're seeing what happened. Hex is escaping her prison and is ready to destroy. She explodes the tour in what I can only assume is a sequence that Ben hates because it's the same shot from Five Wrinkles. <laughs> it looked really cool once, so, you know, <laughs> why not show it six times? You know? <laughs> but what is that effect? Do you know that effect? It's like a slow shutter or something, like where it's kind of like choppy, but like... Oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know what that's called. It's it's not very often used anymore. I think it is a little bit of an older technique. But uh, yeah, so she takes off her shock collar and uh, sends a blast that destroys the tour completely. Sends another ball of energy into the sky, which initially doesn't seem to do anything. But then one of the firewall beacons shorts out and falls over. And then we're back in the present for a couple of seconds. Bob and Enzo are figure out that she has overloaded the firewall. Uh, releasing not only herself, but Megabyte in the process. And then they start to see a series of null scorch marks. Hey, look at this. Which leads us to another flashback. Hex is controlling a swarm of nulls to wreak havoc on the sector. And Megabyte sends an attack force after her, but she easily disposes of them, disassembling Hack and Slash in the process. Yeah, they are obliterated. You see, like, little <laughs> bits of confetti in their color. Like, there's, like, nothing left of them. Just a twitching arm is all that's left of uh, Slash. So then we're back in the present, and Bob and Enzo are headed towards the principal office, where inside, a spinome is explaining to Lord Megabyte on his throne that uh, Bob has returned. 
<laughs> Megabyte's like, well, it's been fun, gotta go. <laughs> I have ruled over this dead city for too long. <laughs> I'm like, wait, don't you want to see your BFF? <laughs> I do kind of like that though. That he's just like, oh, Bob's back? That means I can ignore him completely and just leave. <laughs> just tiptoe right on out of here. <laughs> Well, what's he been doing? He's just like, he's like, well, been sitting here in this dead sector, just doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, he obviously has not been governing because mainframe <laughs> looks horrible. Yeah, for all of the, like, um, evil fascism overlord, like, dream that Dot had, you know, it's just, he's just sitting on a pile of rubble instead, you know. I do wish I could kind of see more of the day-to-day -day life of this, but at the same time, like, there's there's better things. <laughs> this isn't something that I'm, like, overly concerned with. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Bob and Enzo make their approach, and a spotlight hits them, which freaks Enzo out. <laughs> he shouts, <laughs> Matrix, no! And flies up towards it, blasting his gun. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think it's the spotlight that triggered that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had to laugh, because like, for a second, I forgot that they were on hoverboards, and you don't see his feet, so he, when he flies up, it just kind of looks like he's comically floating through the air. <laughs> He just pointed to someone and just like... He just levitates. Yeah. The little computer character that you're just dragging along with your mouse. Like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Enzo has decided to take on the entire viral army uh, by himself. <laughs> and for some reason, that doesn't seem to work out well. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he ducks behind a downed tank as a bunch of minions with cattle prods start firing at him. He floats up to start shooting at them and is immediately knocked off his little floaty hoverboard in what I can only describe as extremely comical scene of him flipping around like a rag doll. I love that this sequence it was like a perfect video game death, like Sonic losing his rings. It's like I took the Matrix action figure and just tossed it in the air. Like. But yeah, he uh, drops his gun in the process and does like a slow motion leap for it as a tank trains its sights on him. Thankfully, Bob is there with his new godlike powers. Yeah, I was about to say, like just as he's about to get shot at, Enzo like starts to glow with this yellow energy. And then we see that Bob is the one providing the golden shower. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so with the same hand, he creates a portal, sending himself and Enzo inside, which I guess just sends them to the other side of the office. So you can create a portal wherever you want assuming you have the ability to create portals, which Glitch has always had. So yeah, he just creates a portal to an alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> just like somewhere out of the way. <laughs> Enzo then sits up and is just like, oh my God. And you think that he's seen something? Like it really, like the acting and the way that he gives his line, it's like he sees a, seeing something in front of him and he's just like, I can't believe Megabyte took over the principal office. I'm like, oh, yeah, we, we saw that already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we're going into a flashback. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, they react <laughs> to the flashbacks quite a bit, <laughs> which makes it confusing as to when it's actually a flashback sometimes. <laughs> um, but back in the past, we see Megabyte deciding to take over the principal office, and he commands his troops to fire on it. And is it just me, or is Air Doctor a little more insane than usual in this episode? He does seem a little insane. He kind of keeps cackling and laughing and kind of like staring off and zoning out. <laughs> there is a moment, though, where Megabyte is looking at him like, why aren't you laughing? And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, right. Let me go to the window and cackle for you. Apparently that's my job now. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, Bob and Enzo are assessing the damage when Hack and Slash tell them to freeze. But also reach for the sky. But don't move. Yeah, they can't move. I mean, I mean if they're okay, gonna reach okay. for the sky, reach for they the got sky and then don't move. move. Yeah. <laughs> and immediately, I'm so glad they're back. 
Yeah. Just immediately. <laughs> it's been too long. And but we leave them. We cut right over back to the principal office and in the present, Megabyte is checking on Air Doctor's progress. Uh, not the progress of his sandwich, which he's trying to eat while he works. He makes a big show of the fact. He's like, hey, it's kind of my lunch break right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he does stop chewing long enough to explain that while they can make tears, they don't have the codes needed to turn them into portals. At which point, Megabyte points out that they should talk to the head. And we get another moment here where it looks like the doctor is like, oh, oh, right, laughing. <laughs> yeah, like he, he <laughs> for a minute, it's like the doctor's trying to wrap his head around it. Like, you want to talk to the toilet? <laughs> but yeah, he kind of laughs like he's picking up what Megabyte's putting down. But I get the impression that he's just playing along. Like, if I laugh hard enough, will I get to finish my sandwich in peace? It is definitely what he's doing. It's very good. So Enzo's about ready to blow hack and slash to kingdom come, but Bob talks him down, and the bots are just ecstatic to see them, complimenting Bob's face tattoos and Enzo's chest hair. Oh, oh, I like the new hair. Oh, it is this very is a exciting. Great look for you. <laughs> it's at this point where Bob and Enzo realize, oh, they're working for the good guys now. I guess we'll go off to see Dot. <laughs> yeah, with like no further ado, they uh, bring Bob and Enzo to Dot, who they claim to have been taking very good care of. And it's clear that they're sincere. Like, they don't mean it the way Megabyte takes very good care of Hex. Yeah, it, it, they are very sincere, but when people say that, you just assume that it's bad. <laughs> uh, we've been taking very good care of them. You can't say that and not sound evil. It's just how it sounds. But they were evil, so I guess it sticks. <laughs> But they do. They uh, they take him to a warehouse that's functioning as a new command center, and Dot has a tearful reunion with her brother. I like here that they brought her a very big surprise. Huge! <laughs> <laughs> they're not talking about the, the surprise. They're talking about the size of Enzo. Right. <laughs> this time, at least the emotion did come through for me, Like, because Dot is just stunned and slowly realizes who's actually in front of her. I really loved this moment, because you have, before he says sis, she gets this look on her face like oh there's a person oh do i know him no i can't know him like i don't think i know something like this like you know you see like each one of those emotions yeah like it's some really subtle like facial acting that really worked yeah and then he calls her sis and she just completely breaks down <laughs> which is incredibly emotional and totally works yeah she embraces him saying she thought he was nullified and he tells her that he promised that he would bring bob back and did in fact he's right over there choking on mouse's tongue <laughs> like the record scratch helps with this but like the moment <laughs> is completely ruined no poor dot she can't even give bob a proper hello it's like do we shake hands do we hug what do we <laughs> like have you ever shook hands with him dot like since you first <laughs> met him and now you're just like i guess i'll just shake his hand <laughs> it's kind of cute in its adorableness it's a little romantic comedy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was heartbroken for her, though. <laughs> and uh, she does immediately go like, oh, so yeah, Andrea, that's a non-awkward subject to talk about, right? Well, <laughs> actually. <laughs> and uh, Bob asks about Fong, and we flash back to, I guess, what would have been episode four and a half. Uh, Megabyte's attacking the office, and Fong is sacrificing himself to save the others. Realizing that they can't hold out much longer, Dot gives the evacuation command, which is zero, 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 evacuate, zero. <laughs> 
I, we learn here that he actually was the one that rebuilt Hack and Slash after Hex destroyed them. And you can see them here that they're already at this point, like cobbled back together, which their cobbled together look is pretty great. I thought it was interesting. Like it's almost implied that he reprogrammed them to be good guys, but they were already kind of changing their loyalties on their own before that. So maybe they were just grateful that he rebuilt them. <laughs> yeah, I think that was kind of it, which is pretty great. Like it's not that he went in and like, physically reprogrammed them he just you know rebuilt them because he's a nice guy also he rebuilt them fucking huge they're enormous in this scene <laughs> i'm pretty sure they were always enormous but maybe it's just another thing like with capacitor <laughs> yeah like i don't know if we just never saw them at correct scale or something because like maybe they're next to megabyte they're small but they look gigantic compared to fong and yeah he orders them to watch over dot uh dot mouse hack and slash head out the door last as Fong stays behind to face Wolverine, Megabyte. <laughs> Megabyte pounds his way inside, and we have this like ominous shot as Fong is just left alone. And uh, while Dot and Mouse have never found out what happened to him, Bob thinks he knows. And back in the principal office, Megabyte is talking to Fong's head in a jar. Which, can I just say, I called from the second he mentioned it the first time. Like, I had originally written in my notes, what, did they put Fong's head in a jar? And sure enough... <laughs> To be fair, you've had Futurama between now and then. <laughs> right, yeah. But he's a snarky head and isn't taking any shit from the virus. Spare me your platitudes, virus. Megabyte's like, what is the code? And Fong's like, oh, it's a uh, eat my ass. <laughs> it's at this point that Megabyte's like, fine, I was just going to torture you anyways. <laughs> they electrocuted out of him. And it starts decoding from that same number board from season two, I think? Or was it season one? I think it was season two no no no. See, i think it was season one the end of season one where they was it identity the... crisis like yeah. the end of identity crisis okay. the two-parter well the mystery solved <laughs> <laughs> so back in the rebel headquarters uh dot is sitting alone in her office crying yeah she's in her sulking room and mouse barges in to shout at her for not making out with bob after she did <laughs> she's like listen there's no reason why we can't both slip him some tongue so get out there and start macking I I really love this about Mouse. That she like this is a completely platonic making out. <laughs> if you're still mad about that little kiss I gave him, <laughs> completely platonic French kissing. She knows that Dot is in love with him. She has no interest in getting in the way of their romance. She just really wanted to tongue him. Like that was all there <laughs> was to it. <laughs> It ain't no thing. <laughs> and this is where we hear that that's not actually bothering Dot. Like, it was weird. But Dot's real concern is that she gave up hope. It takes her, like, a minute to, like, come up with that excuse, though. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she reacts to the kiss line, and she's like, wait, no, what, do I, what can I really say? <laughs> <laughs> it's at this point, though, that Mouse puts on her BFF voice. Uh, she's like, oh, darling, like, your love is a beautiful love. Get up there. Bone that guardian. Just bone him hard. <laughs> you're right, Mouse. Thank you. <laughs> She's like, you know what, Mouse? You're right. She goes off to go find her man. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the doctor has extracted enough information for Fong to open a suitable tear, which alerts everyone to the fact that not only is Mainframe back on the net, but Fong is still alive. And just as Bob explains that to everyone and is getting ready to start taking down Megabyte, he disappears before their very eyes. 
He gets beamed away, only to appear in Hexadecimal's disembodied funhouse. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Especially that little, hmm, at the end of the evil laugh that she does. Yeah, she, like, started her webcam. <laughs> I've been so bored. Mm-hmm. Reboot! So what did you think of that episode, Ben? I hated it. No. <laughs> no, holy sh- this was a great fucking episode. I love this one. <laughs> I would say, like, probably my only criticism, and it's a small one, is that a lot of the flashbacks seemed a little bit unnecessary. But that's it. Like, you could have done without some of them. But that's really it. Like, the rest of the episode really nails it for me. The animation was on point. The tone and emotional weight was there. Some of Dot's crying scenes were a little bit iffy, but I can forgive that, too. I'm just so happy to have them back like that and the bots just just to wash away the taste of the last eight episodes or so. Because <laughs> like this, this is the reboot I wanted to get back to. I almost wish, like, and I know this is probably an issue with time, that we had had one episode that was just that flashback. That was just the time between now and then. Or even like what I was thinking was it would have been nice to break up the Enzo and Andrea episodes and have like the B plots be Dot and Fong and Mouse like dealing with the stuff in the background like cut back and forth between them you know I mean I could see that I kind of like the idea of not finding out like not knowing what's happened but I definitely understand where you're coming from that you like want that kind of energy broken up I kind of just wish we got to spend more time with them and like just see their growth which we pretty much only get in flashbacks uh, especially Dot and Mouse. I mean, they, they had started to become really good friends before we left them. But now, I mean, they've been like running a war zone together. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way they're not best friends now. Like, let's... I mean, they're, they're, they're sharing boyfriends now. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Free love. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of wish I'd got to see more of that. But uh, again, I know that that's, you know... They only get so many episodes to do stuff in. You got to move it forward. And I think they did very well with the episode. They probably could have paced the flashbacks a little bit better. But the episode was great. Especially that moment of reunion between Dot and Enzo. Like, you really felt that. I need the deleted scenes of what Andrea was doing on the ship the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) It's all, like, really boring technical stuff. (laughs) She's doing what everyone does when their computer's not working. Like, oh, let's Google this. And then, is this going to work? No, that didn't work. All right, we get a really emotional moment and then just cut over to her, like, looking at search results. <laughs> <laughs> Bula comes in with, like, a snack. She's like, you want to eat? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why can't she delegate that to someone else, you know? She really could have. <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah, but I really, I enjoyed seeing everyone again. It was really fun to have everyone back, especially Hack and Slash. Like, their levity brings so much to the show. Yeah, I mean, it just felt right, you know? Like, this is this was the show that I was starting to grow on, you know? <laughs> Alphanumeric! So, I know it's uh, a long shot, but did you have any trivia for this episode? I've got a couple. Um, so, one, we've got a new intro again. Yeah! Which brings us up to, I think this is the sixth intro for this season. And this is the first one with Dot. Uh, we also get some new outfits. I don't know if you noticed, but Dot and uh, Mouse have both updated their outfits slightly from even the flashbacks. So now they both have camouflage. Oh, really? Their previous outfits did not have camouflage, and their new outfits do. I did not notice that. When Matrix and Bob, well, mostly Matrix, attack the principal office, the virus, after they leave, calls out to them, Rebel scum, 
when will they learn? And that is from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> uh, and then we get Dot giving the evacuation code signal 9713, which is the, actually this episode's production number. Ah, yes. And I would swear to you that Fogg's I will fight you to the last was a quote for something, but I could not for the life of me find it. Yeah, that sounds like it would be something. It feels like it would be something. I'm assuming from Star Trek. But nothing <laughs> came up when I searched for it, so who knows? Ah, well. <laughs> so again, we don't have a game today, but what we'll do instead today is compare and contrast between this episode, Mega Frame, and the end of season one, Identity Crisis. We have two different views here of what would happen to mainframe if megabyte took over well we know that nobody had barcodes on their heads you know so dot wasn't shaved bald (laughs) well she also wasn't caught i don't think we've seen any like you know the haircut machine we haven't seen any free binomes running around out there we've seen only the viral binomes and the resistance members the only thing I can remember from Identity Crisis, though, was, like, there was, like, long queues of, like, binomes waiting in line, like, to get through doors and stuff. There was. There was the, that idea of, like, Cold War era, like, Berlin, where in order to get from sector to sector, you had to go through the proper paperwork. Wasn't there, like, somebody doing graffiti, too? There was definitely someone doing graffiti. Uh, there might be graffiti. It looks like there might be graffiti in this one. <laughs> it's certainly destroyed enough that a little bit of graffiti wouldn't be an issue. I do think it's interesting, though, the kind of foreshadowing that you see in that episode where Enzo is not quite big and buff, uh, <laughs> but he's very like tough. Like he's, you know, he's rude and he's mean and he's missing. He's got a scar over one eye, yep. which is very reminiscent of the Enzo that we have here, who will shoot you rather than look at you uh and and we get this kind of destroyed not very productive everything is dark and dreary mainframe which i think stuff is way more destroyed in the real mega frame Mm-hmm. But it's not that far off. Well, you know what I'm thinking now is because in the real one, Hexadecimal destroyed the city. Like, so Megabyte is just kind of working with what he's got. But in the vision, maybe Megabyte took control without Hex. Oh, that's very true. So less less destruction from Hex for sure. Because he is the control virus. He is the one who likes things orderly and neat. Whereas Hex is just, you know, sick my null army on you and destroy you. <laughs> it's interesting, though, that how early they had the ideas for the season. Because there, there's so so much of that episode that they're drawing on for this season. And what, what Mega Frame became. Yeah. Fong, instead of being a prisoner, is instead a little bit of a madman in an alley with a pet null named Bob. Who may or may not be actual Bob. His body's intact. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what's interesting? In that vision, Bob got nullified, and in reality, Dot thought Enzo was nullified. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it is still Dot kind of left alone, quote-unquote, to defend the system. She's the only one there that's actually doing something. In real Mega Frame, she does have still some binomes working for her. She still has uh, Hack and Slash. She has Mouse with her. But she's still this leader, and it, that's what she is in the Identity Crisis episode, too. She is the only person that is trying to stop it. This is wrong. This is all wrong. So, Jessica. Ben. Did you happen to find yourself a frosty moment? There were a lot of good moments. There's a lot of moments in here that had my runner up. 
I was like watching through it and going, oh, that one could be, oh, that one could be, that one could be too. So it's really hard to pick. I really loved the moment between Dot and Enzo, especially you got to see all the emotions play on Dot's face. I thought that was perfectly done. They did a fantastic job. I loved Enzo getting blasted off of his hoverboard. <laughs> that was one of my runners up too. Uh, but I think my winner has to be just Hack and Slash being back. Like it just, it feels like home. Ah. <laughs> Their little banter together is so good and it completely lightens the mood. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's really nice to have them back. So they get my frosty moment for this week. Nice. I was really worried that you were going to steal mine again. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Enzo getting the board shot out was a uh, runner-up. Also, that weird leap that he did when he shot at the uh, spotlight. <laughs> but my frosty moment of the episode is when Air Doctor is eating his sandwich, and he's spitting out crumbs <laughs> everywhere as he talks, and then he, like, steps on them to try to hide them. <laughs> it's like, there's some really good acting in that scene. <laughs> I can see that as a frosty moment. That was, that was a good time. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got for feedback. So Daniel Borett on Facebook says that he had many emotions with this one. The long-awaited return of our heroes, only to be greeted with mainframe, or rather megaframe, completely destroyed, as well as a number of reunions and shocking surprises. His frosty moment, Matrix saying hi to Dot, which, yeah, that was <laughs> that was good. A lot of people talked about that. Uh, Nolan Hayes mentions the superb animation of her facial expressions, you know, when she goes through the range of emotions, just meeting Matrix again. Bry Kodik uh, says, uh, This is one of those episodes that really sets apart week-to-week viewing versus binge-watching. Going from the triumphant ending to Mousetrap directly into the grim discovery of Megaframe is some serious whiplash if you don't have a breather in between. How about a breather of, like, what, eight years? (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) For our UK friends. Boozing and Bonding says that season three really had a lot to do with the loss of innocence, but it didn't feel all too real until I saw Mainframe destroyed. And unlike season one, it showed that everything really did have consequences. Yeah, and we're seeing those consequences writ large over the entire system. Uh, at Vendolf Dwarf on Twitter uh, says, I expected evil Emperor Megabyte to run a tighter ship. Typical villain wants to take over the system, but has no idea what to do when he gets it. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, he's just kind of sitting on the pile of rubble, like, just bored and be like, well, all right, guess it's time to go. <laughs> I've done all I can here. <laughs> Tabu Forte Akun, I have no idea if I'm saying that right, says uh, that Megaframe made me sad in the beginning. That music when the heroes just exit the web brought tears to my eyes because you knew some right away that Megabyte had done something. They had That was some great musical cues that they had in this episode. They, they knew exactly what they were doing with the music. They did a very good job, which I think I mostly call out the music when it's sick guitar riffs, and that's about it. <laughs> so I should point out that they did a very good job setting the emotional tone for the episode. Cameron O'Hara, uh, at Cameron O'Hara Love on Twitter, says, Yikes, did, didn't we just see a beautiful-looking mainframe from the tear in the previous episode? <laughs> what happened? Unless that image of mainframe was just a screen capture or a save state of the system. <laughs> I'm going to go with it's like the Wayback Machine, yeah. <laughs> Which if you've never used the Wayback Machine on the internet, you can just go look at like old websites as they used to be. <laughs> so that's my theory. <laughs> so uh, Gavin Blair replies to Cameron, and he says that it's actually one of his biggest pet peeves. 
So he says, the intention here was to fake out the audience, to con them unashamedly into thinking that mainframe was a-okay. We tweaked the sky, turned up the lighting, and pointed the camera away from the city. When the saucy Mary emerges from the portal, one is supposed to think that they are returning to mainframe in all its glory. But then, the reveal. All is shattered and ruined. Oh no! Shock! Horror! But... No one briefed Bob Buckley, so instead of starting with great fanfare, big mainframey piratey music, then crashing into the sad theme, he used the sad theme from start to finish, so the music doesn't match the action and the ruined city is foreshadowed by the music. Needless to say, there wasn't time to fix it, and it pisses me off every time I see it. <laughs> and he also thinks that the sad theme was overused in this ep. <laughs> so I, that's going to be a personal choice, like he said. I think they did the sad theme well, but it would have been interesting to kind of have that flip. That idea of, you know, oh, everything's great. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> I know it's it's hard to go back and look at old stuff and not want to critique it. <laughs> but I think it worked. I think it worked, Gavin. So <laughs> we've also got a new uh, Patreon backer, and it is Rob Horrocks. Well, thank you so much, Rob. Um, Rob pledged at the $20 level. Uh, so he's going to get a fun nickname, which we will come up with in just a moment. He's also going to get a drawing where he is rebootified by me and we'll also get to choose an episode of another series that we'll have to review at some point <laughs> so why don't we go with uh rob mousetrap horrocks Ooh, i like that that's a good one <laughs> thank you very much mousetrap for being a patron so we are just about getting ready to do the video game um, I have to figure out how I'm going to record myself, but I'm going to do some actual recording so people can see me play the video game. And then uh, Ben and I will be watching the clips from the video game as well. So we can talk about that as kind of a little side episode. Yeah, and also to any other anybody else who's not a Patreon backer but wants to be, we're going to have some bonus episodes rolling out shortly. The aforementioned video game one, as well as an interview from director Zeke Norton, and one where we review the first episode of Escaflone. <laughs> And that's uh, based on uh, Cameron O'Hara's recommendation. Neither Ben nor I have watched Escaflone, so it will be interesting. Yeah. And speaking of recommendations... I think it's time to make this voyage unprofitable. Is there anything you would like to recommend this week? Uh, yeah, so I am going to recommend an artist. So there's an artist named Matt Rhodes. He actually works for... Um, Bioware right now. So he does character designs and concept art for Mass Effect and Dragon Age and that kind of stuff. I'm recommending him because he did these fantastic uh, reboot redesigns back in the day. This is some of his older work, so it's still fantastic, but he's gotten better since then. Um, some of you may be familiar with it. I've held off recommending it or talking about it till now because there's two sets of it. One set is the original reboot cast. So Young Enzo, uh, Mouse Bob, Dot, Megabyte, and Hexadecimal. And then a uh, new set with, you know, post season three characters kind of updated adult Enzo and Andrea. And there's still a couple things in there that might be kind of spoilery for Ben, uh, but I think he could still take a look at it if he wanted to. They look amazing. Like Dot's got this fun, like floaty chair. Uh, the binomes that he redid look real fun. And Mouse has got like her head shaved. She's all like badass with her katana and her like army outfit. It looks really cool. You should totally check him out. Um, he's on Twitter and Instagram on uh, DeviantArt and pretty much everywhere you can get some art. You can find him. So that's Matt Rhodes, M-A-T-T-R-H-O-D-E-S. 
and I'll try posting up some of the uh, art he did as soon as we finish season three, I think, because there's a, there's a hex thing in there. It's a little spoilery for Ben. So <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ben? Do you have anything you'd like to recommend this week? Yeah, sure. I'm going to recommend uh, if you don't already follow him, you should uh, check out John Hodgman. You may know him as the PC from the old PC and Mac commercials, uh, but he has been doing a podcast for years called uh, Judge John Hodgman, where he adjudicates internet justice. It's very funny. And he's also an author. He's written a trilogy of books of fake facts, but he has recently come out with a uh, collection of uh, short essays called Vacation Land, which I'm currently reading and enjoying. So uh, John Hodgman, check him out. Nice. So what are we looking at next week? Uh, next week, we have the episode Showdown. And it's time for Enzo to maybe get that revenge he was looking for. Also, our Deus Ex Machina has been pulled off the table. So Bob may have godlike powers, but he is at the whim of Hex at the moment. Uh, yes. It's going to be hard to save his buddies if he's too busy having tea with Tex. <laughs> so you're saying Enzo has a bloodthirst in this episode. That's a change. Where does from... Enzo not have a bloodthirst? <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like fun. In the meantime, you can always join the conversation by uh, following us on Incoming Game Pod on Twitter and Incoming Game Cast on Facebook, as well as uh, IncomingGameCast.com. You can find me online at Dudworks, D-U-D-W-O-R-K-S. You can find me online at Stravino Lady. That's S-T-I-R-V-I-N-O Lady. Our theme music is Spasmatica Polka. And what should we do for our intro today, Ben? I'm just having trouble coming up with it. Oh, you know what? I had an idea about 30-odd minutes ago. Why don't we flash back to that? Oh, all right. Sounds good. Stay frosty, folks. Game over. User wins. I almost want to make a joke about have the nickname be three-way. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you'll want that. <laughs> <laughs>